0: Let me pray as we get uh, ready to start uh, looking at this text here and kicking off this new series. Uh, God, we ask your blessing on our time this morning, and we pray, uh, Lord, that you've been been glorified by the things we've done and that you will be glorified by the things that we continue to do here this morning. God, it is uh, my prayer that as we start this series, Back to Basics, that we would reclaim the simple, small things that we each need to do in our spiritual lives, Lord, to, uh, to get the most out of it and to bring you the most glory. And Lord, these aren't hard things. Uh, they're not complicated things. They're not things that are difficult to understand, Lord, but they're often things that we struggle with putting into practice. And so, Lord, would you help us to grasp the simplicity and the necessity of, of getting back to the basics. And uh, I pray that you would open up our hearts and minds this morning, that your spirit that wrote this text would be here to interpret it for us. Uh, We ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Well, so here we are, starting this new series, Back to Basics. And it's really about simplifying our faith, getting back to the important small things that we often neglect. You know, a lot of the important things that are essential for our faith life are things that people don't see. They're things that people don't pay much attention to, and so it's an easy trap to fall into that we spend a lot of time looking the part instead of actually being the person God calls us to be. We spend so much time making sure we look good on the outside that the interior of our hearts and our souls is often neglected. Uh, Eugene Peterson has meant a lot to me in his writing, in his life, in his ministry. He passed away this week, and, and in a book called Working the Angles, he talks about how our life is a little bit like a triangle. And and what he said is that, you know, on the triangle, everybody sees the outside. Everybody sees the the parts that are uh, on the exterior, and they see these, these lines. And he's talking about ministry and how, you know, you see the preaching, and you might, you know, hear the public praying, but you don't see the personal Uh, Bible study. You don't see the personal prayer life. You don't see those personal things that are giving us direction. He says what those are, are these interior angles. He says that our life is sort of like this triangle in that everything you see on the outside is given, it gets its shape from what happens on the inside. That it's the interior angles, those smaller things, the invisible angle that gives, uh, you know, order and structure to our life. And if you think about it, if a, if a triangle didn't say you know have its uh, you know angles, what would it be? It'd just be a pile of sticks laying on the ground. It'd just be a pile of lines just laying there. And that's often how our personal lives are. You know, sometimes we spend so much time making sure the exterior looks good, that there's no structure or substance to our life. And when something difficult happens or a challenge comes or some temptation comes our way, we just fold and we crumble and we fall apart because the interior is not there. And so this series of getting back to the basics... Is about trying to make sure that we have these sort of private disciplines taken care of, that we've got that ordered in our life so that way we would be able to have a life of integrity, a life of meaning, a life that, that brings uh, joy to us as we walk in step with God and His Spirit. Now, uh, this morning we're going to be looking at a letter by a guy by the name of Paul. Paul's an early uh, preacher, missionary. Uh, He had spent a lot of his life uh, doing things that looked good on the outside. He was uh, what was called a Pharisee, and so his life looked really good from the exterior. But on the inside, it was sort of broken Uh, he found himself fighting against God as he was persecuting the church because he thought that was what was important. And then he has this experience in his life that just changes. It starts from the inside, and it it goes out. And what happens for Paul is he goes from persecuting Christians to being a Christian who is persecuted for for telling people about Jesus and sharing the story of Christ. Now, he's going to write this letter to the church of Galatia, and the church at Galatia is struggling with this very issue. In Galatia, the people are more concerned with how they look on the outside. They're more concerned with the external than they are with the internal. And Paul's going to say, "No, no, no. You've got to get the inside right. You've got to get those interior angles worked out first. Uh, Galatians six is the chapter we're going to be in. I, I want to jump around in a few of these verses to kind of look at it thematically. Uh, we'll start here with Galatians chapter six verse seven and following. It says, "Don't be deceived." God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Paul is telling us something very, very basic, very, very simple, and it's this. It's what you do in your personal life will grow into your public life just real simple, real basic, what you do in your personal life will grow into your public life. He uses the uh, imagery here of sowing and reaping, sort of uh, you know, agricultural. You know, uh, if we could imagine here sort of two columns, you've got uh, a place where you plant and a place where you harvest now, I'm going to ask for a little uh, participation here from you, and, and this isn't rocket science. I just sort of want to say this up front. This is not rocket science. First service got real nervous, got real nervous, but you, you've, you've had a little more coffee. You're a little more awake. I believe in you, okay? I believed in them too. They let me down. <laughs> Don't let me down, okay? Don't let me down. All right, so what is something you might plant around here? Something you might plant. Corn, perfect. That that was the first one in the last service, too, corn. We like corn. All right, so you would plant corn. Now, if you planted corn, what would you harvest? This is where we could all actually answer, right? Because we know... Let me just help you. If you plant corn, you will harvest corn. It would make the news if you planted corn and you got tomatoes. That would be really exciting. GMO is going to make all this possible very soon. All right, so if you plant corn, you're going to harvest... Oh, you guys got it. All right, so you're going to harvest corn. What is something else you might plant? Squash. All right, we got squash. All right, squash is good for you. All right, so you plant squash and what are you going to harvest? Oh, you guys, you got it. Good. All right, so squash. Let's one more. Okay watermelon we had that in the other service too all right watermelon this is a interesting social experiment all right so we have watermelon. we didn't have squash thank you our squash contributor what are you going to harvest if you plant watermelon Watermelon. oh good you got this down okay now i understand what you're thinking right now you're going he's had all week to work on the sermon (laughs) and this is the best he could come up with like you plant corn you get corn i mean come on we get it I know we get it when it comes to farming, but we don't get it when it comes to our personal lives. Because in our personal life, we talk a lot about the harvest column—things we want to get out of life. Like, you know, we're, we we pray, or, you know, we, we pray and we think, "Man, I want to have a life that's faithful." You know, I want to have faith in my life because that's what Christians do—you know, walking by faith. And we go, "Yeah, I want to have faith. That would be awesome." I want to have, I want to be like Jesus. Yeah, that'd be cool. What do we call that? We call that godliness. All right, yeah, I want to have godliness in my life. Oh, that'd be awesome. What is something else we might want? Oh, oh, good good personal relationships. We want good, good relationships. So we want to have positive uh, relationships, relationships, comma, good. We want good relationships. That's what we want. Okay, we want all those things. And yet, so many people, maybe this is you, you come to church and you're like, I don't feel like my faith is growing. I don't, I know I'm not more godly. And I feel like my relationships are in the toilet. And so maybe you come and you talk with me, or maybe you come and you talk with, uh, you know, Phyllis or Spence, our volunteer counselors. Maybe you come and you hang out and talk with them. And one of the questions I always ask is, all right, so you want more, you want to be more like Jesus. Are you, you know, are you reading the story of Jesus? Or are you reading your Bible? Well, no, I don't, I don't do much reading in my Bible. I, I like magazines. You know, I'm a big fan of, uh, you know, like uh, magazines, Sports Illustrated. I like that. I read those faithfully. Uh, that's what I do. Well, what about faith? You want to grow in faith? How's your prayer life? Do you, do you pray a lot? Oh, no, I don't hardly have any time for prayer. By the time I get done, you know, watching on my TV, you know, I got to get my TV in, you know, by the time I'm done with TV, uh, there's just not a lot of time for prayer. Well, you say your relationships aren't great. Well, talk to me about your relationships. Are you you're married? Or are, you, are you spending time at home? Are you getting home and spending time with your family? Well, no, I, you know, I'm trying to get ahead, you know. I'm, I'm trying to work on the old career, trying to, you know, network and those kinds of things and, and, and do that. You see, friends, we want to harvest something, But when it comes to our spiritual life, we don't understand that what you plant is, in fact, what you harvest. This is what Paul says when he says, God is not mocked. He says, you reap what you sow. You harvest what you plant. He says it works like that. It works like that in agriculture, and it works like that in your life. So let me tell you, if you plant TV, guess what? You are not going to get faith. If you plant, you know, magazines and you're studying up on the latest gossip, you're not going to grow into Christ-likeness. If you are working on your career, guess what? you might not be working on your relationship. That's just how it is. You reap what you sow. You harvest what you plant. Now, there's one other thing, concept that's important for us to understand. Between planting and harvesting, there's another word, and that's this word. It's time. There's time between what you plant and what you harvest. Some of you are here this morning, and you are harvesting a lot of garbage in your life. You're harvesting terrible relationships. You're harvesting no godliness in your life. You, you are harvesting zero faith. You're harvesting everything you don't want to harvest. The reason you're doing that is because you planted a while ago this. You know, if you plant corn today, it's not going to come up today and be fully mature. It's going to take time. So what you're harvesting today is what you're harvesting today. And what you're harvesting today, we can't change that, we can't fix that, we can't go backwards, we can't go back in time and plant something different. What you're harvesting today is what you will harvest today. What you can do, though, is you can plant something different starting today, and in the future, you will harvest something new. That's how it works. There's time between these things, and it's not always pleasant You know, there are businesses in Bowling Green that advertise a happy hour where you can go there for an hour and be happy. We don't advertise Sunday morning worship service as happy hour. You know, we just don't because it's not always happy time. You know, you're not always coming to church and you leave feeling happy. Sometimes you do. You know, I hope you feel happy more than you don't feel happy, but sometimes you leave church and you feel sad because God like hit you over the head with a two by four. And you were like, you know, my life is a train wreck and I'm planting garbage and I'm harvesting garbage. And sometimes that makes us feel sad. We call that conviction. And you know, you can't leave going, well, that was, that was fun because it wasn't, but it was worth it. You know, sometimes reading your Bible is a real bore. I mean, yes, I get it. I've read it. And sometimes there's parts in there you're going, I don't really care about, you know, the cousin of Mephibosheth and all these other, I don't don't even know, what does it matter? This guy's got three wives. This is not helping me in my marriage, because I'm pretty sure I can't be like, you know, things aren't working out here. Maybe we could, you know, get another, you know, maybe I could have two bad marriages now. This is not, this is not good. There's parts in Scripture we read, and we're confused, and we're like, I don't know. There's times when we pray, maybe not you, maybe it's just me, there's times when I pray, and it doesn't feel very productive. It feels kind of dry that's how it is. But I've walked with Jesus long enough to know that if you stick with it in the planting, eventually you give it some time and you get to harvest. You plant in prayer and you harvest in faith. You plant in studying the life of Jesus and you harvest godliness. You plant with time invested in relationships that matter and you give it some time and you harvest depth in your relationships. That's how this works what you do in your personal life will grow into your public life. And for us today, we've got to realize that if we start to plant today soon, hopefully we will harvest something. I mean, if you decided today you wanted to be an Olympic weightlifter and you've never been to the gym before, you couldn't go to the gym just today and be like, all right, I'm there, I'm ready, let's go. There's a lot of time and training and steroids you're going to have to do in order to be that. That's, that's what it takes. It takes time. You harvest what you plant. It's not just true in our personal lives, but it's also true in our relationships. And Paul's going to talk about this too. We live in a superficial and public world, friends, and so we're going to have to work to build deep personal relationships. It's, it's easy to have super shallow relationships. It's easy to have like, you know, a bazillion friends on Facebook. But if you really were like, how many of these friends are really your friends? That number gets a lot smaller. And for some folks, it turns into this number, zero. It takes time to work and build and invest in deep personal relationships. Christianity is a team sport, all right? We cannot succeed at this alone. We need each other. Here's how Paul will say it in Galatians chapter 6, verse 10. He says, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers." Now, I, I want to highlight something here. It says, as we have opportunity, what Paul is not saying is, well, if you wait around long enough, you'll get the right opportunity. He says, right now you have the opportunity. This is your opportunity. You're drawing breath. You are alive. This is the time for you to do good for the family of believers. That's what Paul is calling us to, saying, get in there, invest in the lives of the people around you. There's a reason we need each other, is that we're not perfect you know, I've got weaknesses, and you've got strengths, and your strengths complement my weaknesses, and, and hopefully you've got weaknesses, and and I've got strengths that complement yours. And when we put those two things together, it's amazing how God can use us. He speaks to us through this. Here's what Galatians 6.1 uh, says. It says, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently, but watch yourself, or you also may be tempted Carry each other's burdens, and in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. You know, soon we're going to be kicking off uh, community group signups again, and let me tell you, it's hard to be in a community group. Our community group struggles sometimes because we've got a thousand different things to go to. But but when we come together, it, it it does bring life to us. When we've actually invested in each other and we've spent time together, it is a very very meaningful thing. You know, it, it takes time. It takes effort. But part of becoming less so that Jesus can become more is that E. We call that encourage. We are called to encourage each other, to work together as the body of Christ. Now, I appreciate what John Chrysostom observed about this text. Paul says if you see somebody in the sin, you aren't supposed to uh, punish, you aren't supposed to pass judgment, but you are to restore. You are to restore that person gently. What Paul is saying is that through each other, God guides us. You know, we live in a time where we're very personal oriented, and, and a lot of people, you know, spend a lot of time praying about a decision, and they're like, man, this is what God's calling me to do. And they've heard the voice of God, or so they think. But everybody around them says, I don't know that that's God's voice. I don't know that God's maybe calling you to that. I don't know that God's leading you in that direction. Unfortunately, you know, you go to Bible colleges and they're full of people who felt called to go to ministry and they went there, you know, against everybody they knew's advice. Everybody that was praying for them and thinking about them and going, man, I, I just don't know that God's calling you to that. They ignored that thinking. They heard God just by themselves. And a lot of those folks, you know, they burn out and they realize that's not what God called me to. Friends, it's time for us to listen to godly people. Yeah, you don't want to listen to people that don't have your best interest in mind. You don't want to listen to people that aren't walking with Jesus. But you do want to find those people that that can encourage you in your faith. That's what God's put us together for, is to allow our strengths and weaknesses to to complement each other, to work together to be the body of Christ. Uh, In L.A., um, about three of the seven nights of the week, if you uh, turn on KTLA, that's the local news channel, uh, you will see a helicopter shot. It is a shot from a helicopter onto the freeway of L.A. You know, it's on the 5, the 405, the 10, whatever. And it is a person, you know, a newscaster's on there. They're saying, you know, this person hijacked a car, stole a car, or just didn't stop for the police. They were going to pull them over. And now they're just running down the freeway, and it's just entertainment. So if there's nothing else on TV three of the four nights of the week, about nine o'clock, uh, you can just click over to KTLA and watch a police chase. That's just what is on TV. And they've done some studies, and they found that people actually do police chases because they know they'll get on TV, and it gives them their you know, 10, 15 minutes of fame. Now, my favorite police chase story didn't make it to TV because it didn't last long enough. Uh, there were two veterans, disabled veterans, who wanted to, uh, in the interview later, they said, we wanted to become you know, uh, involved in a police chase. It seemed like a lot of fun. And so they were at a convenience store one morning. They'd gone there quite regularly. And uh, one of these gentlemen was blind, and the other guy didn't have the use of his legs. So I I think he might have been a double amputee. So you've got a double amputee and a blind guy, and they decide that what they're going to do is steal a bread truck. Because they've seen the bread truck come into the parking lot enough, and they kind of know the driver's habit. And so what they're going to do is they're going to jump in the bread truck when he goes inside to make the delivery, and they're going to steal it. And in fact, this is what they do. I don't know how they got in. I don't know the logistics of how all this works, but you know the sighted guy is obviously wheeling his way over to the bread truck, and he tells the blind guy, put your hand on the truck, grab this here, and they sort of help each other get into the truck. The blind guy sits behind the steering wheel because that's where you put blind people, and then um, the guy with no legs sits in the passenger's chair, and he says, all right, reach forward, and you got the keys, and together they steal a bread truck so they can go on a police chase. They don't go very fast. I think they've got a sense of responsibility, and so they drive real slow and circle the parking lot. That's all they do. They just circle the parking lot, and the police show up. People are asking, them, please stop, and they're like, no, we want to, you know, we're in a police chase. And, and so this went on for a while, and eventually you know, the police come. I think they you know, throw out the tax strip, the whole nine yards, and they get, you know, they get busted for that. You know, I, I appreciate that. You know, I appreciate that these guys, you know, they sat around, they had a dream, and they did something about it. That's more than a lot of people do. You know, a lot of people just sit around, they have a dream, and they do nothing about it. Now, I don't think their dream is one we should all aspire to, for obvious reasons. But I think God's calling us to something that we just, it's bigger than us, it's bigger than me, it's bigger than you. We need each other if we are going to move forward in our faith. We're called to help each other win at life that's what we're here for. Christianity is a team sport. We need each other. We need those deep personal relationships that bring us life. Finally, it's important that we remember this, that we've got to be at our best in order to give our best. You know, if we're all part of a team, we've got to come and all give it 100%. That's just how it works on a team. Uh, Galatians chapter 6, verses 3 through 6 says this, if anyone thinks there's something when they're not, they deceive themselves. Paul says we're working together. Don't think you're more important than you really are each one should test their own actions. In other words, look at your own life and go, is this what God's calling me to? Is this, am I living my life faithfully? If so, then you can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else, for each one should carry their own load. Now, Paul's gonna say this, make sure you're carrying your own weight, make sure you're pulling your own weight in life. He said, evaluate your own life, don't compare it to other people. You know, we always find the people we win against to compare to, right? Paul says, don't do that. You know, previous to this, he's been talking about how the Spirit is growing things inside of us like love and joy and peace and gentleness. And so I suspect Paul's saying this a little tongue-in-cheek, like if you're going to boast, you're going to end up boasting in the Lord. Uh, Anyways, he says, nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the Word should share all good things with their instructor. Paul is saying there's going to be people that have encouraged you in your faith, people that have encouraged you in your life, and it's important that we live uh, in gratitude for that. Paul is telling us that our first job is to test ourselves and to make sure that we are living faithfully, that we are living at our best so that way we can give our best. And so as I thought about that this week, I thought, uh, you know, what is it that we need to each do if we're going to live at our best spiritually in light of this text? I want to, I'm going to write down three thoughts I had about this. Here we go. So three ways to be at your best spiritually. It happens, friends. We're trying this out. We're going to see what we think about it. I spelled everything great, and then after first service, people were like, hope you don't spell anything wrong. And I was like, I wasn't worried about that until now. All right, here we go. Number one is this. You need to tell yourself the truth. Tell yourself the truth. You know, this is one of those things that's really hard for us because we like to deceive ourselves. We like to trick ourselves. We like to think that, you know, man, I got it together. And, and we deceive ourselves all the time. We say, well, that's not that bad, or that would be really good for us, or, or that's not, you know, that, that would be okay. We, we talk ourselves into these things all the time. Paul says you should test your actions how do we do this? Well, we do it first with prayer. We say, God, would you give me eyes to see me as I really am? Would you give me eyes to see myself as you see me? Please, God, let me see myself in truth. And then once you see yourself in truth, you've got to tell yourself the truth. You know, you might have heard the truth from other people. You know, you might have heard from your family and your friends, man, you have got a drinking problem, and you say, no, 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 I, I can stop anytime I want. You've got to tell yourself the truth and realize, no, I- I've got a problem. I've got a real problem, and I've got to deal with it. We've got to tell ourselves the truth. We've got to own it. We've got to say, God, I see what I've got, and you know what? If we don't own it, we can't surrender it to God. So we've got to just first own that, tell ourselves the truth, and say, God, this is what I'm dealing with. This is what I've got. This is what I've done. This is what's been done to me, and God, I'm going to surrender that to you. You can't surrender something if you don't own it. You can't. We've got to tell ourselves the truth. That's step one. Step two is we've got to start to plant today for tomorrow. Some of you do not like where you are at right now in your life. I I get that. Some of you are not happy with the person you are right now in your life. I get that. But we cannot go backwards So many people spend so much time going backwards and saying, if only I had done this, if only I could go back and do this, if only this would have been different. you got to let that go. What you're harvesting today is what you planted yesterday, but what you harvest tomorrow is what you plant today. And so we've got to say, you know what, I'm going to plant for tomorrow. I'm going to realize, I'm going to own, I'm going to tell myself the truth about where I am, but I'm going to tell myself about the truth about where I'm going. And I'm going to plant today so that way I can harvest tomorrow. Finally, we need to enlist the help of others. We aren't going to do this by ourselves, friends. We need to enlist the help of others. We need our brothers and sisters to come and to encourage us through their godly counsel. We need our brothers and sisters to come and to give us guidance and to encourage us. Being faithful can be really, really hard. We need each other to do that, As we go through this series, I want you to know that there's sort of an operating assumption that I've had. It's something that came to me. I, I don't know where I heard it or picked it up, but it's this. It's that our faith is personal, but it's not private. Our faith is personal, but it's not private. You know, a lot of times people will say, well, you know, faith, that's my own private kind of thing. Well, I get that it's personal, but it's not private because what we do in our personal lives, it grows into our public life. The things we, we sow in our personal life are the things that we reap in our public life. You might be able to look good on the outside, but if you don't have any integrity, if you don't have any of those angles giving shape to your life, then guess what? It is all going to fall apart. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but eventually it will. And so if we're going to be people that are living at our best and contributing and making a difference, we've got to be at our best in order to give our best. We have got to be spending the time to plant godliness in our life, to plant faith into our life, to plant faithfulness in our life. This morning, perhaps the very first thing that some of us need to do is to just own where we are, and that is far away from God for you this morning, maybe you're saying, you know what, I've got to tell myself the truth. And if I tell myself the truth, it's, I don't really have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And it's time I had one. We're going to sing a song here in a second. And, and if that's you, you can own that. and You can do something about that today. You can plant today in faith for a life of faithfulness with Christ. You don't have to leave here the same person you were. If that's you, we're going to invite you to come forward as we sing this song. And you can make that decision to be baptized into Christ. Others of you, you've been sort of hovering around, you know, the church for a while, and you've been kind of, you know, on the sidelines or on the, you know, behind the scenes going, I don't know if this is really what I want to do or not. And you've been here, you've been, you know, you've been a consumer of what we have to offer. And I'm so glad that we can offer so many things. But for you, you're saying, you know, it's important for me now to become a part of the family, to become a team player, to build those deep personal relationships. If that's you and you need to make a commitment become a member of the church, we'll invite you to come forward as we sing. Otherwise, let's use this song because I know we've all got stuff that we just need to own. We need to surrender to God. And we need to say, God, we're going to give this to you. I want to be at my best so I can give my best. So would you take all of this? Would you help me to plant godliness and faith? And would you help me to grow that? This, this whole series, we're going to be talking about things like prayer and reading scripture and all that kind of stuff. We're going to do that. But today, let's, let's just start with telling ourselves the truth about who we are and what we need and what it is we need to start doing today so we can harvest the life we want tomorrow. Why don't you go ahead and stand as we sing?